We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. 11 o'clock hour. It's Cody and Gold here on 610 Sports Radio. Alex Gold. I got Quinn back in studio. And Rob Collins from Fox 4, sports director over at Fox 4, hanging out for the next two hours. He was... I know I talked him into it. He said, he said an hour. I said two hours. He said anything you want, man. Anything you want. That's the kind of guy Rob Collins is. <laughs> What's up, man? All right. So here's the deal. Alex says, hey, you want to come on the radio? I'm like, sure. He goes, well, it's going to be at the Hollywood Casino, the new sports book for the grand opening. I'm like, so wait, you want me to come into a casino that's brand new <laughs> where gambling is taking place and there's copious amounts of alcohol and we get to talk <laughs> sports for two hours? It's a tough yeah, life. Yeah, I'll be there. I'll be there, man. Thank yeah, it's a, it's a tough life, especially very much. since the, the newly remodeled sports book, which opens at 5 o'clock, is awesome. It's oh, incredible. Man. We've got – if you include them splitting the TV wall, it ends up being over 50 TVs that can be in this space. they got leather recliners. You were hanging out on one of the recliners yeah, before sweet. you hopped on air. So it is fantastic. You should make it out here a little later on today. Four bowl games, as I said, going on. Maybe get your picks in for the weekend. Futures market, I know our, our boss Spec is going to come out. Later on, he wants to make some Royals futures. I did lay down a 30-1 to 1 Royals divisional bet uh, a week or so ago for the AL Central. Um, but we're going to have some fun. Andy Reid, Patrick Mahomes coming up around 11.45. Uh, and I, I saw this. I wasn't even planning on talking about the Broncos, but this is really a report that his tweet said, sources the Broncos are strongly considering having quarterback Russell Wilson sit for the final two games, which would preserve financial flexibility for the offseason. So how that works is, I guess he has $37 million in 2025 as his salary that becomes vested in March of this next year. And if he gets hurt, let's say, then obviously you're in a really bad spot. We saw this kind of with Derek Carr last sure. year in the Raiders. I think it's a smart business decision, but think about what this could mean for the AFC West going forward. Sean Payton in year number one uh, after the terrible start has allowed them to bounce back here but clearly not happy with Russell Wilson long-term. This is, I mean, they would have plenty of dead caps still, but it would still save them some money long-term. What do you think? Is this actually going to happen? Do you think they should bench him? I think it's a great business move. Uh, they got new owners there, obviously. They're uh, wanting to make the best for their buck, and maybe they will get a quarterback. There's a lot of quarterbacks coming out in the draft, so who knows? But business moves, strictly business-wise, I think it's fantastic. I would do it. Yeah, I mean, look, my, my question is, though, so Jared Stidham, is the backup, I believe, there in Denver. So he's going to – if, in fact, they actually do this. But the fact that's being floated out there uh, is pretty telling uh, from Ian Rapport. He's obviously well-sourced in, in, in hearing that out of Denver. You know, Jared Stidham, what do you do next year? Let's say Stidham looks good even the final two weeks. So, okay, then you part ways with Russell Wilson. You still have dead cap money. You really don't have money to go sign another veteran True. like a Kirk Cousins or anybody. You're not going to go down that path, I don't believe. Draft pick-wise, because they've been winning, they don't have a top-five pick. They're in well, – I think they're – 10 to 15 range, something like that, maybe worse. So next year, are they going to roll out with Jared Stidham and say, let's just move on from the <laughs> Russell Wilson era? Woo. I don't know. I mean, that'd be great for Chiefs Kingdom and, and the Chiefs because Denver would. I mean, I, I don't think, think Russell Wilson started. I think Russell Wilson starting might be good for Chiefs Kingdom, well, that, though. Yeah, it's true. Like if you could kept Brandon <laughs> Staley, right? Yeah. but I love Brandon Staley. He was great for Kansas City. Great for Kansas City. Uh, I don't know, man. It's, it's an interesting dilemma there, but they must have a plan if that's the case just to make sure that they don't fracture everything with Russell, unless, of course, they're cutting complete ties with them. Maybe maybe he's on it, in on it. We don't know much about it yet. 
other than that tweet. So I don't know. Business-wise, I would do it, man. This is the dead money on the deal uh, from SpotTrack. So $107 million dead cap, $85 million, 49.6, 31.2, 12.8, Again, it doesn't necessarily mean they would full-blown cut him, but it just it gives them options, right, versus being locked in. Hey, if he plays, it becomes vested. It, it gives them a, an opportunity. I, there's still a chance uh, that Russell Wilson starts for them next season if they do this, but definitely really interesting to see that come out. And if the Broncos would not have lost to the Patriots last week, then this isn't even on the table because they would have right. still been alive. Still the, 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 I mean, theoretically, the division's still yeah. alive, but you know what I mean? Right. But, they weren't mathematically eliminated. Yeah, I mean, Adam Schefter is is also reporting now that Broncos head coach Sean Payton, so this is now confirmed, Broncos head coach Sean Payton has informed his team that Jared Stidham will start Sunday hmm. versus the Chargers. Russell Wilson Ooh. will be the backup quarterback. A 1-3 record the last four games. Denver trying to spark its offense, and they want to find out what, uh, what Jared Stidham has. Hmm. Maybe Russ is cooked. I mean, my goodness. He's been better this year, but not for the kind of money. No, that you are paying. No, that Russell was a Wilson. horrible contract when they first signed. Yeah, that. look, so I, I think that I understood the logic on the trade. I know in hindsight, everybody's like, well, how could you, you know, I know we knew all along that trade was bad. I think at the time, I understood the trade. Where they screwed up, Rob, is they gave him the contract. Right. That's, that's the, they didn't have to do that. No, they didn't. They would have already been able to get out of it. It would have been like, okay, we traded for him, we gave him some draft capital, but financially, we're good. They made the mistake before he ever played it down. They said, oh, we'll take care of you, Russ. Yeah. That's where they screwed up. 100%. That's where they screwed up. That. That might be one of the worst contracts in NFL history. Yes. Well, Deshaun, given the timing. Yeah. Yeah. Deshaun Watson's going to make a run for it, I think. Well, sure. Uh, with, the, with that well, fully guarantee, he's going to give Russell Wilson a run for his money. The guaranteed part of that was the <laughs> wrong one. Yes. That is uh, that is for sure. So that's a little bit of news out huh. of Denver. Yeah, interesting news. We'll keep an eye on that, that uh, Russell Wilson benched for the final two weeks of the regular season, giving him some financial flexibility perhaps this offseason and Russell Wilson's future in doubt there in Denver. Rob Collins from Fox 4, I, I, I wanted to get to the Chiefs as we will, but first, the rest of the, the season and the AFC and the NFC, has there ever been a, a year where week to week I feel like we crown a new best team <laughs> or a new MVP as often as this year? Like It, it speaks to not having the great, great team in 2023. QB injuries, all these, what, 50-plus quarterbacks have played this year, which is nuts. QB play has been down. That's why the MVP award is a mess. Mm-hmm. MVP has become the Heisman where, hey, you play a primetime game and you look good. Right. Boom. You go back yeah. to the top, right? And I know you've been looking at the odds all season long. It's amazing <laughs> to see how they change from game to game. Like, you watch Purdy just drop, 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 drop during that game. And Lamar Jackson probably the favorite he now. Is, and yeah. I, I guess he probably should be after what they did in that game. But let's say what if uh, Tua comes out when exactly. they play him this weekend and he has 400 yards and four touchdowns and Tyreek goes nuts, which I hope he does because he's on my fantasy football team and I'm playing <laughs> for the championship. And I'll probably need that money because I may leave some here today. Nice. Oh, <laughs> but – it is nuts. It, you're right. We've seen so many injuries, and it's changed so often. It's really tough to pick coming in. But right now, as we sit, I think you got to give it to Lamar, although it's weird because I think if there was a year to give it to a non-quarterback, McCaffrey. And that's the debate, right, for the last month. And looking at Christian McCaffrey, he's going to probably have 2,000 all-purpose yards. He's got 20-plus touchdowns. He's going to be on the team that most likely is still the one seed, although the Lions have a shot after the 49ers just lost against Baltimore. But you're exactly right. It has been basically like the Heisman, a head-to-head award, even though Brock Purdy didn't play Lamar Jackson head-to-head theoretically, right? But that's how we view these awards. It needs to be completely restructured. I said they should just do what basically the award has become anyway. Let's have the Tom Brady Quarterback of the Year award (laughs) where we just view it from quarterbacks because that's what we're doing anyway. Let's stop pretending. And then either still have an MVP, but it – Will it change the voters' mindset if I tell you that, 
hey, you know what? I, I think Brock Purdy has, you know, before this past week, has been the best quarterback, let's say. All right, so he'll be quarterback of the year, but I don't think he's the most valuable because I think Brock Purdy's had a great year, but he's not even the most valuable guy on his team. Right. So I wonder if we separated the award and we said it's the Tom Brady co- uh, QB of the year, all right, that might be Brock Purdy. But then the most valuable player, would people actually view that the way I feel like it should be viewed, which is if you took Lamar off of the Ravens, what happens? If you, if you took Brock Purdy off of... Uh, the Niners, I think they'd still be pretty damn good. I think Sam Darnold showed us a little bit. Yeah. And unfortunately for Christian McCaffrey, though, and as much as I think he's incredible, and much like you on your fantasy team, he's helped me out this year, the, the problem is I think that performance against Baltimore, as weird as this sounds, actually made the case of why he's not the MVP. And what I mean by that is Brock Purdy's t- playing terrible against the Ravens. Mm-hmm. And despite how great McCaffrey is, it didn't matter. Right. And so to me, I know that's a, some people will roll their eyes at that, but like, to me, that also proved why the running back position is not winning MVPs and hasn't. And since, what, Adrian Peterson, I think it is. Yeah, it's, it's the best quarterback. You're right. I kind of like your idea, although I'm sorry I'm distracted. I'm looking at a big jar of mayonnaise. It's easy TV. to be distracted in here. There's, you know, yeah. 50 TVs. And, uh, yeah, they got the big screen. What is that? Pat McAfee's on over there, I think. Uh, and uh, oh, the mayo mayo's bowl. gross. Oh, man. dude. Duke's Mayo it. Bowl. They pour the mayo. There's another bowl game, which we'll talk bowls in a second, but uh, – uh, the they're pouring eggnog on a coach, which I'd rather have eggnog poured on me than drink eggnog. So I'm agreed. Good. Yeah, I don't like that. I don't like mayonnaise. <laughs> I'm like you. We're in the same uh, boat when it comes to all those sauces. I'm Ranch. surprised you didn't. I'm surprised Rob didn't bring in a like a protein shake and kale and stuff to eat for these two hours. Mr. Health nut over I here. Ate before I left. Kale. No, not protein kale shake. Breakfast. Yes, I figured. I with, figured as much. With bacon. What about the with bacon? Hey, okay. <laughs> Side of bacon. Hey, I like Wash that. It down. What about what about the 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 teams though? We were talking MVP for a little oh, bit yeah, because sorry. like no, you're good, man. Like there's not a great great team. Like, a week ago it was the 49ers. Yeah. Now they're like oh no, it's the Baltimore Ravens. Mm-hmm. If Baltimore loses to Miami, are we going to be saying well now Miami's beat Dallas and the the Ravens? They're the best team. It's amazing how quickly it has shifted. Although I think the Ravens do have a case because the Ravens have seven wins by 14 or more. All of them are by teams above 500. That's the Texans currently, Browns, Lions, Seahawks, Bengals, Jags, 49ers. No team, and this comes from, uh, I believe, uh, one of the gambling guys I follow. I think it was from Action Network. No team in NFL history has had more than five wins by 14 or more against playoff teams. And the Ravens are doing that. Yeah, I think the Ravens are unequivocally the best team in football right now, today, after what they did to the 49ers. And there's just so much parity. I mean, in the AFC, other than Baltimore, Baltimore's one and everybody else is just other, I believe. And in the NFC, who knows, man? Hmm. Dallas can't win on the road. Miami's schizophrenic at times. You saw what just happened to San Francisco. Who knows about Detroit because they're in the playoffs for, like, the first time in some lifetime of people that are listening to this. I want that Stafford Rams get in as a yes. six seed, go to three seed Detroit. Oh, oh man. man, would that be a, which would be heartbreaking for Lions fans? Because I'll be honest, at that point, as great of a story it is, right? Good for Lions fans waiting uh, thirty years is unbelievable. But I'll admit, if you tell me Matthew Stafford's going back to Detroit, I will be rooting for Matthew Stafford whoa. to break their hearts. Yeah. I will because I love that story. Can you line. imagine if that's in the script? Oh, the yeah, that's right. Yep, we, you and I script. didn't get the script, I didn't but, get it, it. but it no. might be. I wish I would have. We'd make a lot of money if that I was know. the case. That's what's always funny when people talk about like stuff is rigged or set up and all this. Like, If it's rigged, then, this bet, then how come you're not betting the right side and you're not a millionaire? Yeah. If, you, if you knew it was rigged, if you knew it was rigged against said team, how come you're not How come you're not hitting loaded? 90%? Yeah. I mean, I, I just don't get it. Uh, and the reason why I bring that up <laughs> is because last night during the KU Bowl game, they were, oh, playing, gosh. They were playing in the Guaranteed Rate Bowl out in uh, what was called Chase Field. I think it's now called Guaranteed Rate Field or something. Or maybe I got that backwards. Maybe that's in Chicago's Guaranteed Rate Field. Either way, yeah. Guaranteed Rate sponsors the bowl game that was played where the Diamondbacks play in Phoenix. And people were 
looking at the line movement prior to the game, number one, where the, the Jayhawks were 1.12 and a half, and then during the day it just kept moving down to seven even at one point. Yeah. It closed, I think, at eight or eight and a half, and then the penalties. And so everybody's like, oh, this game is rigged for UNLV. Okay, you ended up covering, by the way. But the penalty, did you watch the whole game last I night? I wasn't, all of it I wasn't planning on watching yeah, all of it. I watched most of it, and I was working. So in between, you know, the getting ready for the 9 and the 10, you know, I had it on, but I was writing and editing and all that. But every time I heard, looked up, I saw a penalty. They got, what, 15, 18 penalties 18 for over 200 for yards? Two 30 on one play. Yes, 18 for 216. They were called for five offensive Jeez. holdings. Four unnecessary roughness, three pass interference, two 15-yard face masks, two unsportsmanlike conducts, one false start, one illegal substitution, and one illegal shift. KU was the 31st least penalized squad in college football heading in. So it just was like, what? The whole, the whole game last night was weird, man. Like, I don't, you, we may not have to break down the game itself, but like, the broadcast was off. They weren't showing replays. The name of the quarterback for UNLV was being mispronounced by the color commentator throughout the game. It just, the whole th- it was it felt like a guaranteed rape bowl with all due respect. <laughs> like if this was the Insight.com bowl, none of this would have happened. Oh yeah, none of this would have happened. There you go. No, but it, it's great for KU to win first bowl win since what 2008. First time they've been back to back since 07. Oh eight, uh, back in your glory days when you were there. <laughs> yeah. I guess I missed the Orange Bowl by one year, man. You did? That's the killer. Yeah, no. I so I I, gra- I didn't get to KU till oh nine. Ah, and they, that was the oh seven oh eight season, the Orange Bowl. Right. My uh, my freshman year was the Insight dot com bowl. I think. Okay. I think. I think that's right. I don't know. They were. I think that was the year they started five and zero, oh, and then they fired Mangino. I think that was my freshman year. Good times. But hey, great for them. I mean, Jason Bean. The the line was going crazy. We were talking about this yeah. yesterday before the game because of illness. They thought he was sick. It wasn't going to play. Potentially, Devin Neal wasn't going to play either. So I can see where the line moved. But I mean, that disparity in penalties is ridiculous. <laughs> I don't. What did UNLV have? Like uh, six, I don't maybe know if seven? I have that in front of me. But it was it was definitely not anywhere near. No. KU was had. penalized, what, 55 times all the whole year. season prior to this game? Uh-huh. And they got a third of those in four <laughs> quarters? Yeah. That's they broke their bowl game record for penalty yards. <laughs> it was Miami's, uh, Miami Hurricanes back in the 1991 Cotton that ma- Bowl. That makes sense. Yeah, the 91 Cotton Bowl. Yeah, Miami. Yeah. <laughs> back in the day. Yeah, the Cotton Bowl, which obviously Missouri's going to play in the Cotton yeah, Bowl. That's going to be good. Uh, coming up on, on Friday. And then tomorrow night, the Pop-Tarts Bowl, which with the incredible trophy that they unveiled yesterday. K-State taking on NC State down in Florida. It was like a toaster football, the top, right? Yeah, the top. I don't think it toasts it, although it should. But they have slots for you know, your favorite flavor of Pop-Tart. I don't know, a little brown sugar, a little cinnamon Pop-Tart or something like that. You don't eat Pop-Tarts. No. I haven't had them in a while, but <laughs> I knew you didn't eat Pop-Tarts. No, my kids don't even eat them. They don't like I mean, it's it's been a long time. It's been yeah. a very long time. But, no, like it, I think all three local schools have a great chance to, to win their bowl games because you always want to know who's motivated, right? I mean, yes. and what it means. KU, you, you highlighted it there. They hadn't won a bowl game since 08. Plenty motivated. Try to keep the momentum going into next year, everything going on around that program right now. For K-State, you're motivated because you want to see what Avery Johnson can bring to the table sure. against NC State. And then for Missouri, I think it's obvious. You're taking on Ohio State yeah. in the Cotton Bowl. And right now, Missouri seemingly can't do anything wrong from a football perspective. Every, I mean, every recruit they're, they're nailing, fire. all yeah. of it. They're they Heading in with massive expectations next year. I mean, uh, college football playoff type of expectations with the expanded playoff from Mizzou uh, next the year. The schedule looks favorable too. Yes, for them. Yes, next it could year. be a lot worse. To, to, with the expansion, looks pretty good. I just wonder how motivated Ohio State is. I don't think very much. <laughs> That's why I like Missouri. Yeah, I don't think Ohio State really cares to be in that game. I, I agree. We'll see. I don't know. That, that's that's the tricky part with with trying to figure out. Even if we're just talking betting these yeah, bowl, bowl games, games are tricky because the transfer portal. You don't know who's motivated. Well, in college, I mean, 
like what happened yesterday, as you laid it out with, with Jason Bean, the rumors that he's sick, like college, there's no injury report. And so from a betting angle, it is tough. You've got a lot of rumors out there. You try not to overreact to it, but what's real, what's not. And you may find out five or ten minutes before kickoff, oh, yeah, by the way, the starting quarterback is playing. Mm-hmm. And there's always somebody that has the information before the, the general better, right, the average better. And that's why we see line movement. Although yesterday, again, I still don't know what was up with that because KU ended up covering. Bean played. Devin Neal played. He announced that, or there's a report at least, that he's coming back next yeah. year, which is which is huge for the Jayhawks too. Yeah, it was a fun game to watch. But with all the penalties and Bean's interceptions, you think if you just saw those, you would think they got washed. But then throwing six touchdowns, it was amazing. And that's what's weird. Like, we all usually say that there's too many bowl games, right? Yeah. Like It's insane. But then last night, it's a Tuesday night. It's 10.30 at night, and again, maybe I'm in the minority, but like, I'm, I'm, I wouldn't plan on watching the whole game, but I couldn't turn away because, one, it, the game got a little interesting, and I was fascinated by the fact that I was curious, were they going to get to 300 yards in penalties? Like, I, honestly, like, I don't want to see flags, but also it got to the point where I was like, this is real. I, I got to just see how crazy this gets. I was watching to see if Lance Leipold's going to stomp a mud hole in oh, a white man. hat. <laughs> yeah, he was hot on the yeah, sideline. Dude, several times. So those are the little college bowl games. Again, four of them today, and uh, you can get your bets in for Kansas State. Uh, again, the Pop-Tarts Bowl tomorrow night, and then, K- or then Mizzou, excuse me, in the Cotton Bowl on Friday. Uh, and tomorrow's K-State game you can hear uh, tomorrow afternoon right here on 610 Sports Radio. All right, Quinn, let's get to it. The trash of the day. Trash of the day. I don't know if Rob catches our Trash of the Day segments, if he knows what he's in for. Today's a Uh-oh. mild one. Today's a mild one. I've heard a few because uh-huh. I usually listen to y'all while I'm running errands before work yeah. or you know, going to the store, doing whatever. This one's not too bad. You probably have heard this story. We Uh-oh. just didn't have a chance to get This has to do with uh, travel nightmares. Mm. Or, and you, uh, you didn't travel, right? You were at home this week? For Christmas? Yeah. No, I, was, I was at home, yeah. Okay. So basically something right out of a new home alone movie you might have seen the story the six-year-old boy was put on the wrong flight oh no from philadelphia to florida yeah so spirit airlines probably not surprised <laughs> when i say that airline spirit in florida uh-huh. and the trash in the <laughs> yeah that's never happened before right right <laughs> spirit airlines sent a boy to orlando instead of fort myers leaving his grandmother to drive 160 miles to pick him up again luckily it wasn't like he got sent to new york or yeah, home sure, alone that been bad. but still a six-year-old boy boarded the wrong plane uh, they placed because he, he had like you know, unaccompanied minor form you can fill yeah. out when you fly if you're younger. Sure. They placed him on the wrong flight, and his grandmother was waiting for him in Fort Myers to arrive. Instead, he landed in Orlando. His luggage made it to the correct airport, but not him. They spoke to his grandmother and local news outlet, who said she re- received a call from her grandson after he landed in Orlando. <laughs> she made the drive 160 miles to pick him up. Spirit Airlines offered to reimburse them uh, for I don't know if it was the whole flight or just the gas or mileage or whatever. Um, but that's like they're getting a ton of bad press for this. Obviously, like, how does that? How does that? I don't know how that happen, happened, man. Like, especially with the unaccompanied minor. Right. I mean, like you're still scanning the ticket, and yeah. I, I thought when they scan the ticket, if it's the wrong flight at that particular gate, I thought it buzzes them. Maybe not. I thought when they scan it, like it, it's because you, you'll see people scan their ticket, and they're like, "Yeah, this is the wrong ticket." So I, I wonder how he got on that plane. Did they not scan his ticket? I don't know, but. Trying to remember if I've ever flown and seen an unaccompanied. I did that once back. Um, I was probably twelve though, not six. Yeah. Uh, and my uncle lived in the Bay Area at the time, and so that was the whole thing. Is like, oh, we're gonna. Yeah, you know, I flew by myself out there, but had to have all this paperwork filled out. At back at that point in time, they let you wait um, at the gate. So when I landed in San Francisco. My uncle was allowed to get through security as a form he had, and he met me right at the gate. That's how it's supposed to. Yeah, (laughs) that's how it's supposed to work, and I think that's how it still usually works. Yeah, I don't know. I've never 
done – I've flown on Spirit once, but you would think there would be a safeguard in place specifically for unaccompanied minors because they're just little kids, man. Yeah, I mean, like, I don't know. Would you, well, your kids are older now, so I was going to say, would you, would you – maybe not on that airline, but would you have yeah. – when your kid was six years old, would you have sent them on a plane by themselves? Uh, probably not. Yeah. No, not, not in today's world. Yeah. Previously, yeah, probably. I mean, you know. Yeah, yeah I, I grew up you. in a yeah. time where you didn't yeah, wear no, seatbelts and we slept in the back of the yeah. car while people were driving. So, But it's totally different now. But, no, I mean, my son's almost 22, daughter's <laughs> almost 13, so they're good there. But that is weird. There's no, there's no way that should ever happen. Yeah, I've flown Spirit like three times. And one time I got stuck in Vegas. Again, terrible place to be stuck. Yeah, right. You know? But I got stuck in Vegas. The flight got canceled and all that. It's uh, it, You're rolling the dice, literally. I mean, you were really rolling the dice uh, sometimes when you fly a certain airline or two. Interesting. We'll see what happens. I think Spirit's going to probably owe them a little more than gas money after this. Well, they better. They better. They're getting a lot of bad pub for it. That is the uh, that is the trash of the day huh. here on Cody and Gold. Someone from the text line, 913 says that you should not be allowed to send children on a plane. My six-year-old is in kindergarten. There's no way I'm allowing him to fly on a company. Yeah, I think six is really young. Yeah, 12 really or 13. Young. Like, yeah. and that's, I think I can understand. I think 12 or 13. You're Middle at a point school. where, school, on a, yeah. yeah, like – Six years old, though. I mean, that's at least when they're twelve or thirteen. They might have, a, they may even have a cell phone at that point yeah. in time. And there's just a lot like six years old. That's terrible. That's that's way so, too young. Someone says spirit will provide them with a new child free of charge. <laughs> no, actually, I, I, the, the, the joke I saw a lot of is that they, the parents forgot they actually had to pay another two hundred dollars to make sure their kid uh, arrived on time. Everything's right. an upcharge on Everything. on Spirit Airlines, You're including on the plane. water and napkins. Oh, you want to land? Oh, that'll be four hundred bucks. That's an extra. That's an extra couple <laughs> of dollars. All right, coming up next, we get to the Chiefs' red half hour. I want to get Rob's thoughts on the Chiefs a little. We haven't talked Chiefs with Rob yet. I thought it was a flashback to the Super Bowl. Plus, we're going to hear from Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes right here on six ten Sports Radio. Chiefs Kingdom, this is Mitch Holtis, and welcome in to the Chiefs Red Half Hour on Cody and Gold, every day at 1130 on your official broadcast partner, the Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. It is the Chiefs Red Half Hour, and coming up in about 15 minutes or so, we'll head out to Arrowhead, going to hear from Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes uh, for the first time since the initial postgame press conferences. Obviously, the schedule a little bit different this week with the Monday game and the quick turnaround playing on Sunday. So that's coming up in just a little bit. I got Rob Collins from Fox 4 hanging out with me till 1 o'clock as we're live at Hollywood Casino inside of the Sportsbook, the new remodeled Sportsbook opening today at 5 o'clock. This place is awesome. It's going to be the place to watch football games, and I really can't wait for March Madness because of this TV wall that they have, one of uh, about 50-plus TVs that they have inside of this Sportsbook, and they can separate it down to as many as 12 different games on this TV wall on each screen so theoretically you you could have like 24 games alone going on that march madness man march madness we get it attention spans just aren't what they used to be heads in social media and eyes on netflix but what do people do with their ears well for one they're listening to audio americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day oh and you want the proof well you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds what could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Uh, I cannot wait for that to happen. And today's a great day to, to get your bets in any way. They've got a good promotion going on uh, today as well. For those of you that were already planning on making some bets later in the week, today's the day to come out here because for pin play members, if you place just a minimum wager or multiple cash wager totaling $25 on one bet slip at the counter, 
or kiosk and check in with promotions around 3 o'clock to 7.50 tonight. So that window, you're going to be enrolled into the promotion where at 8 o'clock they're going to select up to 15 winners for $100 in pin sports play. You do not have to be present at that time to win, but if you are, you would win an additional $100 in Penn Sports Place. So uh, this is going to be the place to go. It's the only sports book in Kansas City as uh, sports betting has been legalized for, what are we now, 18-plus months now, something like that, I believe, in the state of Kansas. And obviously Missouri's still not getting their act together. So this is the place to be, man. This is fantastic. I'm, I'm so glad you had me here. I picked the perfect day to have a day off because yeah. – some nice young lady just delivered us a case of beverages. Yes. We have, like I don't know, 25 TVs around here, 12 kiosks right over there, big leather chairs. Man. Tough life for us today. Yeah. My really? wife asked me, what time are you coming back? I'm like, uh, I think Alex and I have stuff to do after the broadcast. <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, so uh, <laughs> I made her promise I'd be home before dark. There you go. There you go. And uh, so it's a perfect day to come inside anyway. It's kind of crappy weather still outside. Uh, some of you maybe are either just getting back to work today or maybe you're still off. So this is a great day for all of that. And uh, a couple days removed from the disaster that was at Arrowhead on Monday. I haven't had a chance to talk to you about it. I, I, I told Pete Sweeney, who joined us earlier, I felt the same way I did at halftime of the Super Bowl against Tampa. Oh, like that, that bad? That's what it felt like to me because Mahomes was running for his life oh, well. in the same way, and that's why it felt that way. That, look, that game at least was a Super Bowl and a good a good team, right? The Bucks were in the Super Bowl. This made it worse. Well, it's not. It, the, the stakes weren't as high, obviously, but this was against a Raiders team. Come on. Now with Aiden O'Connell, who didn't yeah. complete a pass. A backup quarterback, yeah. an interim coach, your starting running back not playing, and the division title on the line at on home? Christmas Day at home. That's why it sucks, man. And it was a flashback. It was embarrassing. uh, The next-gen stats put it out that in the Super Bowl, Mahomes basically ran for 945 yards, right? Run for his life. Yeah, I was there. I watched (laughs) it. Yeah, and sprinted for 226. He ran for just as much uh, yardage and sprinted for 280 yards in this game. So more. He ran more in this game. And, again, not as if it was was not the good kind of running. right? That was their only offense, though, when he did run it, seemingly, for a lot of the game. Where, where are you at right now? Because this offensive line suddenly is the, the new problem. We've always talked wide receiver all year, which is certainly an issue. But this O-line, man, all of a sudden has become uh, a big question mark. Well, it's part of the problem with the receivers. You think about it, what are the Chiefs not doing downfield? They're not going downfield at all. They're not getting any downfield passes. They're not taking their shots. MVS is on a milk carton. Yeah. Uh, and why are they not doing that? Because Patrick A doesn't have time, and B – I, let's be honest, I don't think he trusts his receivers. And now, you know, his mental clock is going, uh-oh, uh-oh, I got to run. I got to I gotta get out of here. Or he forces a pass like he did on the pick six, which he never should have thrown. So it's the offensive line. I mean, you look at the last year's team to this year's team, what are the differences? You don't have Juju, and your tackles are different, right? It makes a big difference. Yeah, people oversimplify that, I think, sometimes, right? Where they're like, well, basically, they only just replaced Juju, and that's it. Yeah, but the guy you replaced him with is a rookie, and I think we all love Rasheed Rice and are excited about his future, but I'm going to talk more about this tomorrow, but I also think this past game showed that you need a number one, that Rasheed Rice is not a number one. He's a really, really good number two. He couldn't beat man-to-man coverage. My number one has to be able to do that. So not that he can't get better, but that's my, my thing on Rasheed Rice. We can talk more tomorrow. But, uh, you know, you had regression across the board. MVS has regressed. Uh, they misjudged Sky Moore's development. He's the same, if not gotten worse. Uh, Tony is, <laughs> is, uh, just can't line up properly. Mistakes, drops, all of that. And we just keep going through the – and Justin Watson – Look, I, I have no problem if he's actually back next year as the fifth or sixth receiver. The sure. problem is he's been asked to be the one, two, or three, and that's just not what he is. Yeah, they need the guy to take the top off. 
They need the guy to run the nine, get the safety over so they can work in the middle where Kelsey usually feasts, but he's had his issues lately. I mean, we saw him throw the helmet. He's dropped a couple of passes this year. I think, honestly, I think this team is just tired. Mm. I mean, the weight of everything and what they've been through, you know, it's been it's been a couple of long seasons, and that's what happens, and that's why it's so hard to go back-to-back. That's why no one's done it for so long. Well, I don't want to use this as an excuse, but I think it's among probably five-plus different issues. I remember, I don't know if you were on with us that day or that week, but Cody and I were talking about the, the rest aspect for the final six weeks, mm-hmm. and they were going to head into every game at a rest disadvantage. I know you're talking more bigger picture playing a bunch of sure. playoff games. But I, I think it contributes, but that's not – like that matters, yes, but that doesn't cause you to have negative 18 yards in the first quarter. You know what I mean? That doesn't cause the drops. You know, the, the rest advantage helps your opponent and why maybe they get out to a quick start. I, I think that's true. But I don't think the rest advantage should be, oh, well, see, they're just, they're just not getting a lot of rest, and that's why all these miscues, literally since week one. Like, that's, that's why I have a hard time believing it's the rest fully is this was these same issues other than the O-line were happening in week one against Detroit. Mm-hmm. A lot of them. We just all figured, oh, it's Andy Reid, it's Mahomes, it's Kelsey, as did I. I'm like, yeah. oh, they'll, they'll, fig- they'll, they'll figure get this it out. Because they had every they'll, single time. They're getting it's funny. Last night, our meteorologist Joe Loria came up to me, and he said, hey, Rob, if you have time, I'd like to – do a little game show. I want you to run a quote from Andy or Patrick, and the viewers have to guess which week it was. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, you wouldn't be able to tell, man. And I know there's some limitation. Like, what do you expect him to say? I understand, but it's frustrating, I think, when, when you hear the same stuff. Like, we're close. We're going to correct it. They have to say that. But it's December 27th. It's week 17 of the season. It's just, is there is it impossible for them suddenly in the wild card weekend to play a, a, a clean game? No. But do I think they're doing that for two or three straight games? They haven't showed it. They no, can do it all that's year the long. Issue. One game, maybe, and that's a big if right yeah. now. But it's just stringing games together, which is what we all know you have to do. And this year you're asking them to actually string more games together than they ever have because they're not going to get the bye. Yeah, potentially on the road doing that as well. Because which they haven't been great at home anyway. No, they haven't. Especially like three and four yeah. at home. It's, it's been bad. That's stunning. You don't talk about nothing. It's just stunning if I would have told you that beginning of the season. We didn't think, so a lot of people didn't think they were going to have 14, or four losses, period. Yeah, I think at the beginning of the year, what I think I picked 13 wins, okay. probably depending if the last game mattered. Like okay, thir- I think I was 13 at 13 with an asterisk. I was at 12 with a loss in the AFC title game to Cincinnati. Okay. I don't know if they're even getting there, man. <laughs> well, the way it's shaking out, man, might be Buffalo or Miami because I still believe Buffalo can win that division, right? And They can. I mean, the Chiefs can get the two if they win out and Miami loses both, right? Right, yeah, and if Miami if Miami beats Baltimore, then they lock up the division, right. I believe. Right, that's yeah. that's the situation that they're that they're in. And yeah, the two seed is open. Most likely scenario is the Chiefs are the three hosting a wild card weekend game, and right this second, yeah, it would be it'd against be Buffalo. the Buffalo Bills. Which <laughs> again, not saying it's impossible. You, despite everything we just got done saying, you still do have an unbelievable defense that's going to keep you in most games. But, man, oh, man, we all know the Bills are, are hot right now. Even if they, they perform the way they did against the Chargers, I just think that was a natural letdown spot. They'll be up for a playoff game. Isn't it amazing that now you think about it, you're thinking, man, I don't want to play that team. In years past, you're like, it doesn't matter who yeah. comes. The Arrowhead Invitational, we know what's going to happen. The Chiefs are going to win. They're going to go to the Super Bowl, and there's a lot of doubt. Big time. Yeah, it's the first time where the expectation, I think, is that they're going to lose in the first round from a lot of fans. Normally, the expectation is no AFC title game, Super Bowl. Now I think everybody would be surprised in Kansas mm-hmm. City if they got on a run. Now we've seen it happen in sports. Never saying it's, it's not, we haven't seen it. Heck, the Giants were, what, 9-7? and seven, And the Chiefs are likely still, I believe, going to finish with 10 or 11 wins. I don't think they're losing out. I know people are freaking out right now. 
but the freakout should be about the playoffs, not like, oh, are they not going to win the division? Or are they not going to get to 10 or 11? It's about what happens wildcard weekend. And that, that's why all the concerns are, are more than valid. And we're going to hear from Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes, maybe a little injury update as well, because Isaiah Pacheco concussion. They could be without Pacheco against Cincinnati. I would imagine they're going to be, by the way. And that means you're down to Clyde and LaMichael Pirine. Right. I believe that would be. And then Denaric Prince. Bring Denaric Prince, yeah. So we'll hear from Andy Reid, Patrick Mahomes, coming up next right here on Cody and Gold. Back here on Cody and Gold, Alex Gold with you till 2 o'clock here on Cody and Gold. We'll head things off to see Dot on the drive. Also, that betting show tonight from 7 to 8 right here at Hollywood Casino inside of the Sportsbook, brand new Sportsbook opening up today, grand opening at 5 o'clock. Uh, and it is something that you've never seen in the Kansas City area, something you haven't seen in the Midwest. That's the ultimate Sportsbook experience that you're going to have here uh, starting at 5 o'clock uh, and throughout the NFL postseason. In any big-time sporting event, this will be the place to be. I got Rob Collins from Fox 4 hanging out with me till 1 o'clock today. I appreciate that. We're also expected to head out to Arrowhead in just a couple of minutes as soon as Andy Reid and or Patrick Mahomes, step up to the podium. You'll hear that right here on 610 Sports Radio. You could also hit us up on the Jay Southland's host service text line, 913-586-7610. People are asking what your favorite casino game Ooh. of choice is. Uh, uh, Texas Hold'em, man. That's the or one Blackjack, yeah. Those are my two favorite games. Uh, Blackjack, if, if you know what you're doing, it's one of the best odds in a casino to play, right? Uh, and Texas Hold'em is kind of the same because if you play against a dealer, I'm not talking about a room yeah, yeah, yeah. where you play against your buddies or whatever, but at some places like here, they have a dealer and you're playing with four or five other people and you can share knowledge of your cards with your players and it, you know you can maybe maybe just put the odds in your favor just a slight, little more. Slight bit of advantage slight that, you wouldn't of advantage. Have, that you wouldn't have before. No. We also know there's football starting up here in uh, about an hour and 15 minutes or so. What's the name of the bowl game? What, Tulane and Virginia Tech are playing each other coming so. up at 1 o'clock. So that'll be a bowl game coming up if you want to get your bets in today as well. Four in total. You gotta, the, I didn't bring my glasses. you got to read it, man. Military <laughs> Bowl presented by GoBowling.com. There there's go. later on the Dukes Mayo Bowl with North Carolina, West Virginia. Uh, number 15, Louisville against USC in the Direct TV Holiday Bowl, and then the last one tonight, Big 12, Oklahoma State, uh, and, and Texas Tax Act, Bowl, Tax Act Bowl against Texas A&M. Hmm. And uh, Mike Elko, right, the new head coach down there yep. with the Aggies. Who knows? Yeah, that's a lot, of, a lot of quarterbacks are in the portal, a lot of coaching changes. It makes some of these bowl games really interesting and difficult to uh, to predict how things are going to go. Uh, but while we're waiting for Andy and Patrick, I was talking before, like the expectation for the, for the postseason, normally – Hey, it's November and December. This is when the Chiefs dominate. This is when they come into form. And I think when you look at the bye week that they had, they're 2-4 and four since. They're 3-5 and five in their last eight games. And the one thing that continues just to stand out is the, are these giveaways, the, these five takeaways, but 15 giveaways during that same stretch. I mean, this is like basic stuff when you talk about, like, how do you win football games and what, what gives you an advantage? And you got to win the turnover margin. Like, it's basic stuff. Like, that is still the one thing, even we've been saying it for weeks or months, that still seems the most correctable, but at the same time, like, hey, man, this has been the story of the team all year. Yeah, they, like they're not changing wide receivers. This is who they have, but you would like to have thought that they could protect the football better. But well, no, you know, Andy case. and Patrick both coming up here in a few minutes are going to say it's self-inflicted. We just got to fix it. We're a tick away. We're getting close. We've heard it all season, but this team is there's a lack of discipline issue. But to me, with this team, I think there is a lack of talent issue in the wide receiver core as a whole. But they're undisciplined. I mean, another team that's undisciplined that can't win, the Dallas Cowboys, the most penalized <laughs> yeah. team in the league that can't win on the road, and it's because they do stupid things, and McCarthy makes some stupid calls, yes, but they're undisciplined, and I don't understand why. With Andy Reid there, and I know a lot of people are going to go to Nagy and be enemy, and maybe that's the case. I don't know. We're not there. 
We're not in the meeting rooms, obviously. We're very limited at what we can see in here at practice. But there's just a disconnect with the discipline with these guys. And I don't know, A, if they can fix it, or B, if they can string it together for two to three games that they'll need to do coming up in the playoffs. I mean, that, that's the yeah, – that, right now the answer has to be no. They have not shown you any reason to actually believe that that's the case. The only thing that if you're, if you're someone that still has faith that they can find a way to win a playoff game or two – is just the defense and what the defense has been able to do. Even in a game where the offense had negative 18 yards in the first quarter and was was pitiful, they still had a chance at the end of the game to win because your defense was that special. Now, the Raiders had no interest in throwing the football. They said, hey, we're going to pack it in uh, and we're just going to run the ball. And that also speaks to the problems with this Chiefs offense, that a team is comfortable doing that and not worried that, oh, no, you got to put up X. We used to say, you gotta, man, you got to score 28 against Kansas City if you want to win. Yeah. No, those days are long gone. They are gone. Long gone for, for, for this current group and iteration of the Kansas City Chiefs. And when you're looking at even what the Chiefs were doing, you know, they're a fake punt pass, great throw from Tommy Townsend. But the fact that they're doing that to spark this team, to get the offense going, tells us everything we need to, do, everything we need to know about the offensive issues, whether it was the inside their own five, I think it was, and they decided to have the Wildcat and Pacheco yeah, trying to hand it off to I Mahomes and the, the fumble. I like the play call, but not at that time, and I'm not in that position of the field. You're trying to do something that a guy normally doesn't do that close to your goal line. I mean, I like the call. Maybe do that at the 40 not at the five. And I, there, there's always a, a fine line of being, oh, that's so creative because they scored on the prior possession, right, off of a, a creative play versus being cute. I, I think they are forced to be cute more often than not because of the struggles right now with this offense. I, I just, like a week or so ago, was praising them that the one thing they got better at all year was short yardage. Yes. And then they completely could not, that completely regressed. Let's go out to Arrowhead right now, though, and hear from Chiefs head coach Andy Reid. is sick. Um, Pacheco is in protocol. Donovan Smith still has some tingling with the stingers there. And then uh, Kadarius Tony with the hip strain. Uh, look for the challenge of playing the Bengals, heck of a football team. So well coached. I mean, Zach does a great job with them and uh, works with the offense likewise. And Lou does a nice job with, with that defense. So. Um, we've got a good week of preparation, and um, uh, you know that's uh, that's where we're headed. So with that, time's yours. Andy, cameras sort of seem to be catching a lot of just frustration on the sidelines. So do you feel like it's an unusual amount, and do you feel like anything need to be calmed down? Is that part of your message this week? Yeah. So I mean, but, hey, listen, when when, uh, when when you've won a lot of games, that have to, you know your tolerance level you know, for uh, not doing as well as we should goes down, and so uh, things happen. But that's uh, that's the great part about this is emotional football game. You know, the foot game of football is an emotional game. So uh, you know that's that's expected. I mean, you see those things happen. Uh, we just got to make sure we generate it in the right direction, and we go that way. So and and fix the problems. That's the number. That's the first thing. So um, and I've got a big piece of that. I'm very responsible for. Uh, things going on so uh, on the offensive side of the ball and so I always look here first and then we try to address the other issues that, that we might have. So. Is there any particular way to address that part about making sure it's sort of harnessed in the right way? I mean, is that something well, we, we talk about everything but you know, we make sure we, we cover everything so yeah. How do you do that Andy? How do you turn all that frustration into something positive? 
Well, that's what you do. You, you work to get yourself better. I mean, that's to make it positive. So that's the only way of going about it. You know, you write a bad article. Well, I know you've never done. But you write a bad article, <laughs> and you come back, and you're gonna do better the next one. So. Focus a lot of times over the years. You know, when there's mistakes and things you got to clean up and do that. Uh, I'm assuming you're trying to push those same buttons and get that done. Is it things just not? Catching this time around, ask a little longer. You keep working, keep working, stay positive, move forward, learn, teach, practice the right. Do the fundamental things. That's what you do. Control what you can control. Yeah, there were a few moments that seemed like a maybe pre-snap confusion. Um, not, don't know where it lied, but how would you just diagnose yeah, that? Yeah, that's and smoothing out that. Process? Yeah, that's my that's my that's my fault on that. So I'm gonna make sure that's right and. Uh, well, when I tell, stand up here and tell you that I've got a piece of that pie, I mean, that's, that's directly pointed right at me. So i got to make sure that guys can do that. Yeah, and make sure we're right there. Andy, y'all preach keep working, but what do you tell the guys when they, they always keep working, but things still don't follow how they want them to? Yeah, so it's uh, like any other profession, right? Uh, you, you've got things you can work on to get better. Focus on that. Right? Focus on those things to get better, and, and that's what you do. And you take care of that business first. So that's what that's what we're working on. Andy, when you re when you review Monday's game, is there an overarching theme as to why you think Patrick struggled, or is it a multitude of issues that sort of compound one another? Yeah, I mean there are a variety of things. Uh, so we, you know, again, I've got to help him with some of that, and. Um, and then, he, you know, he's aware of what he's got to work on. I'm aware of what I've got to work on. And, we've, and Nags feels the same way, you know, so we, we just make sure we're right all the way around. But it's, you know, it takes everybody. It's a team, you know, so it takes everybody. What effect is all of this, all this stuff going on around him? What effect has that had on that? Yeah, I think, listen, he's a very positive thinker. So he's very focused. He understands that. Um, you know, he's got to do his part and the other guys have to do their part and he works with them to, uh, to do that and works on himself and, you know, he does all of that. So that's, he's a, a joy to coach that way. Other, other than with Rasheed, it seems like the receiver play time has kind of fluctuated throughout the season. How much do you feel like you guys are still looking for the right combination uh, there, you know, ahead of this postseason? Yeah, well, we've given everybody, you know, opportunities to, for different things. And, and so, um, you know, we'll keep working. Uh, on that, um, again, there are other things that are involved with it, so we, we just keep working. You know. Andy, when you see Patrick get to a point where he's hesitant uh, to make throws downfield and looking guys off and, and scrambling, just what do you tell him in that moment in those games where things kind of snowball? Yeah, um, we talk. I mean, we just talk during games. Yeah, without saying that you're right on the thing, but I mean, we talk on that. So yeah. Andy, with, with Travis in particular, have you felt any need to talk with him more after that exchange you guys had? Yeah, no, Travis and I have talked, yeah. We talked, yeah. Anything in particular you wanted to get across? Uh, with you? <laughs> no. Yeah. No. Sure. Yes. No, we talked, yeah. yeah. You guys have faced the Bengals a bunch of times over the last few years, and their, their defense has done a decent job here and there on you. What is it about what they do that has been tough at times? Yeah, uh, multiple looks. Uh, they're, they're great with that. They're good players. 
They've got real good players. And uh, their defense coordinator is real good. I mean, he has a, he's got them well taught, and uh, they do a nice job with all their different schemes. You mentioned that uh, Tony's not practicing, uh, practicing today. Any thought that he could still be ready to go by, uh, by Sunday? Or are you thinking it's another week for him? I think it's probably day by day as you look at it. Yeah. What about uh, Hardman? Do you feel like he'll be up on Sunday? Um, we'll see. We're going to give him another chance to get out there and practice, and we'll see how that goes. On the Bengals again, different quarterback, but kind of the same look for them, isn't it, offensively? Oh, yeah. No, yeah. Very much so, yeah. They're doing, they've done well. Yeah, they haven't, I don't think they've changed a, a, a lot that way, and the kid's done a great job, so good for them. A couple more guys. Uh, how serious is uh, Donovan Smith's uh, stinger since he's kept him out for a few weeks now? Yeah, I think the rest is helping it. So it's getting better. It just takes a little bit of time. So. And uh, what were your discussions with the O-line, just kind of pumping them up after such a tough day on Monday? Yeah, so look, I talked to everybody. So I, I, and that's between me and the, the players. I mean, that's, uh, that's all part of this thing. I mean, it's the same way when Vahe asked about Kels. I mean, Kels and I have a great relationship. So I mean, I, I go to them. I go to the offensive line. I mean, I, I talk to these guys. And... Uh, I think that's important, you know, and then they're, these guys are emotional, they want to do well, that's what, that's what you see, and they, they you know, that's, uh, they, they do get, there's a sense of frustration, what can I do better, and I, that urgency is going to help us get better. Anything else? Go ahead, last one, Nate. Andy, you're so um, consistent on trying to not get too high, not get too low, <laughs> um, how much do you feel like that sort of mindset reminder is necessary for a time like this in this particular part of the season and they I, listen the guys they know me and how i present things i mean they I, I talk to them i talk to the team every day you know so um you know i get my my points across all right thank yeah. you, thank all you. Right. <laughs>
Patrick, how do you channel all that frustration into something positive? And I'm not just talking about you. I'm talking about Kelsey and everybody else. Yeah, I think I think you see people see frustration and they think it causes like uh, controversy. But I think I, I see it as a way of showing that people care. They care about their their profession. They care about. Um, trying to do whatever they can to win games. Um, and so when I see stuff like that happen, obviously we want to be in a positive light and everything like that. But I, I see someone that cares about the game and someone that wants to be better and not better for themselves, but for the team. Patrick, um, Patrick one of your worst games was that loss in Tennessee. Mm -hmm. um, obviously you responded well the remainder of the season. What have you found about yourself that allows you to reset when you do have a poor performance? You have to be critical with yourself. You have to be true to what's on the film and what's happening. Um, I think a lot of people will make excuses, and, and that's why they don't take that next step or become better because of it. Um, but you got to see the film. I mean, you look at the film, you made a lot of mistakes that you can't make in this league if you want to have success, and you have to learn from them and get better from them. Um, if you look at it and try to make an excuse for why something happened or, or, or it's not your fault because this happened, then that's when you kind of stuff snowballs. I think if you look at the film and say, hey, I got to be better here. I got to get better footwork. I got to work the pocket better. I get the ball out of my hands when I need to um, and, and learn like that, um, then you can be better that next week. And it's going to it's gonna take that. I mean, this is a great defense that we're playing. Another example of something that you did not notice in the moment on Monday that you look back, I don't know, Monday night or Tuesday, that says, oh, that's – that's an even bigger issue than maybe I originally thought in the moment. Yeah, I think there's just little things with the footwork. I think anytime you see me drifting backwards in the pocket, that's never good for the team. Um, that's something that goes back to my Texas Tech days um, where I get in these old habits of I'm trying to make a big play happen whenever um, the, the, the play is there. And I think towards the end of the game you saw that as I was drifting, maybe looking at the, the, the D-line and that's stuff that, uh, that's gotten me in trouble before. And so you just learn from that stuff and try to get back to my footwork and fundamentals. And I think if I can do that and let the offense work for me, um, then I can go out there and have success. Jumping off that, um, when, when you see guys downfield but not where they should be or where you want them to be and, and you're having to scramble and do extra things, just can you take us the mentality of kind of things going on around you when they're not at their highest level? Um, I, I mean, in, in order for offenses to work in this league, it takes everybody. Um, and it starts with me. Um, and then, and then it kind of goes throughout everyone else, and everybody has to be on the same page. And this last week, we weren't on the same page, and and some critical moments, um, and that and that hurt us. Um, but I, I believe in these guys, man. I mean, we, we work our tail off, and I know we say it every week, but I mean, we have to go, we go out there, and we're gonna put whatever we can on tape. Everybody's putting everything they have um, in this game, and and the, during the week, and during the game. And I, I trust these guys are gonna continue to work and. Uh, we got two games left to prove it. I mean, at the end of the day, we can talk about it all we want. We got two games left to show that this work that we're putting in every single, every single week can, is going to pay off. Um, and I mean, I know we don't, we're not going to be the one seed and everything like that, but we can still win the AFC West. We can get into the playoffs. Um, and once you get to the playoffs, it's open for everybody to go out there and win it. Um, and so uh, I think that starts with today's practice, how we practice. Uh, we know Cincinnati. Uh, we know them well. They're going to play hard. Uh, they have a great football team, a great defense, and it'll be a great challenge for us as an offense to go up against. Um, I think just, I mean, that goes back to me, man. I got to be critical of myself. Uh, there was times where there was throws there and I didn't make them. Um, there was times where I went through my reads, maybe didn't get to the last one. I mean, that's just stuff that I have to be better at. And I think if I'm better at that, it'll make the whole offense better. And so uh, that's just stuff you go back on the film, you learn from. Obviously, um, that wasn't our best performance. It wasn't my best performance. But uh, you got to be critical of yourself and be better for it the next time. And then also, there was a time where the cameras caught you asking for the play um, more mm -hmm. quickly. 
How would you just assess that operation, the, the timing of which you're getting the play, and what can you smooth out that yeah, I mean, we, we, we talked about it. I mean, I think it's it's just we want to make sure that we're playing fast and we're playing um, the, the right way. And I, I felt like in that two-minute drill, we got a little confused on a, a few things here and there. But at the same time, man, we've, we've been so high-octane in those two-minute drills. I know we'll get it back the right – get it back the right – the right, get it back right the right way. And so um, that's just going to take us going back to – uh, the fundamentals, just like I am, and getting the getting the play into the receivers where they can go out there and play fast. And we got a lot of different guys playing, but I think uh, the guys understand it and know it. And now let's just get back to who we are. Tyler, you mentioned the uh, pocket. Did you get the sense in your review that the game that maybe you were bailing too early, or is that just a product of the game and kind of everything sort of snowballing there? Yeah, that, that's that's kind of what I was talking about. I mean, there's times where the pocket was clean, and I was kind of drifting back, and that kind of invites the rush to be even better. And so. Um, I think uh, I honestly thought the offensive line stepped up to the challenge as the game went on. I mean, obviously, with those first few drives, you saw me talking to them, and I, I just challenged those guys to be better, and they were. And I think that then it's on me to, to if I'm going to challenge them to be better, I have to be better within the pocket. And so um, I was proud of how those guys responded throughout the middle middle parts of that game and then towards the end of it. Um, but I have to trust those guys as much as uh, I, I talk, and so that's on me to be better and better um, as games go on and don't drift and try to do too much. Todd, I watched that. Part of Travis's podcast this morning, he was talking about things to maybe do, like extra reps, more work in the meetings, things like that. Uh, what's your plan this week to do anything different? Are you seeing what you want to see from your teammates on like redoubling and making more effort to get things done? Yeah, I think guys are working hard. I mean, I've said it every single week, um, guys are working hard to get better. Um, and at the end of the day, we have to go out there and prove it. I mean, I know everybody hears us saying it, but unless we go out and prove it, I don't think anyone's going to believe it. So uh, for us, we're going to go in with that mentality of uh, we're going to work our tail off to make sure we can put our best effort forward this week, and we got to find a way to get a win uh, in order to get into the playoffs. And so uh, that's our attitude going into practice today. Quez was on the field the most among the wide receivers, but yet one target. I just wonder how much you think he needs to be sort of reasserted back into the offense, and how can you sort of build a better connection with him moving forward? Yeah, no, I mean, that's on me. i got to find ways to get him the ball. I mean, there's times where he's open on the football field, and I can see it on tape, and I have to just find ways to get him the football. And, I mean, if you look at the two games we played against the Bengals last year, he was a big part of those games. Um, and so he's doing it. I think the best part about him is he's being professional. Um, he's, he's going to work. And even though I'm not getting the football in some of those moments, he's blocking his tail off. He's doing whatever he can to help the football team, and you want those guys on, on the field and playing. Last two, Stephen and Matt. Both Patrick, you talk about guys, um, you know, going out there, putting in the word, practice day by day in and day out. Um, do you feel like there's a, a level of, I guess, tough love that you have to have on these guys? Um. I, I don't, man. I mean, there's there's a difference when you when you when you want to have tough love on someone because they're not putting in the work, and when someone's putting in the work and that the results haven't come. I mean, all you can do is go to practice every single day, um, and put your best foot forward, and and continue to get better and better. And you go to the game and you give everything you have to to do whatever you can to help the team, and the results kind of handle itself. I mean, the ball's not always going to bounce your way. You're not always going to win 14, 13 games every single season. It's uh, can you stay with the process every single day and and put your team in the best position to succeed? Um, and then let's see what happens. And so, um, we're I mean we're not uh, I mean we're we're still first place in the AFC West. Uh, we got to win one more game to win the division. We understand it's not going to be easy. Um, but if we continue to work and put everything we have out 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 there on the football field, and we're able to win this game again to the playoffs, I think we can go out there and, and do what we want to do at the beginning of the season, and that's try to find a way to get to the Super Bowl. But that's going to take a great day of practice today and a great week of football this week. Matt, one thing that this team has been so good at over the years has been once you hit December, you seem to find that extra gear to go into and to get in the playoff road. This is the first time you really haven't had that. 
is there any takeaway anything you've learned since the beginning of the month as far as just kind of maybe why that hasn't happened this year and what you need to do? Um, not necessarily. I mean, I think the guys are still putting in the same amount of work. We've had the same schedule that we've always had. We've practiced hard. Um, just haven't came out with the wins. I mean, so at the end of the day, all you can do is continue to get better and better. Um, we still have belief in this locker room. I, I'll continue to say it. Um, but uh, we got to go out there and prove it. Um, and I think that's something that the guys are real willing to accept that challenge and do. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.